I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of KSL Cafecito, the podcast where we talk all things culture over a nice cafecito. I'm Yvette Cruz. And I'm Shuat Karanas. Thanks for joining us today. In this episode, we're going to be examining sexual harassment in light of recent accusations in Hollywood politics and many other industries. But before we get to that, make sure you're following us on social media. On Twitter, we're at KSL Cafecito. I'm at Evie Cruz. And I'm at Shuat Karanas. And don't forget to download and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app for you iPhone users. And for you Android users, you can find us on Stitcher. All right, Shual, why don't you get us started? Over the past few months, we've seen several accusations of sexual assault and sexual harassment going against high-profile celebrities, including, I think, one of the first people that we saw shed to light was Harvey Weinstein, Mm -hmm. who is the producer and co-founder of the Weinstein Company. Many women came out uh, over, I believe it was over 15 women came out could be more than that, accusing Weinstein of sexual assault and harassment over many years. Some of the other celebrities accused as well include Kevin Spacey, Louis C.K., Andy Dick, and Brett Ratner. We've seen politicians be accused of sexual harassment or sexual assault, including Jeff Hoover of Kentucky, Roy Moore of Alabama, and most recently Al Franken, U.S. Senator for Minnesota. Now, Yvette and I have talked about this in private as far as these allegations that have been going on and just seeing it in the news. And, you know, we wanted to be very, very candid with this conversation because we weren't too sure how to approach it. We're not sitting here and trying to pretend that we're experts on the subject. So we're not going to do that. We're not going to be here and and do any of that here. What we're trying to do is now this this topic now, which we're seeing everything, it feels like it's every day feels like every day now there's a new allegation against either a celebrity or a politician or anybody else. And sometimes there are allegations that were in the past, sometimes or just recently. That part is irrelevant. These are still serious uh, accusations and they need to be addressed. And for us, we felt like it was a point where we wanted to address it as well and have a talk about it. Yeah, just have a conversation and hopefully this conversation sparks other conversations and maybe some action. Yvette, obviously, this is a subject that is very tough. This is very sensitive to talk about. So there are a lot of ways we can go about this. I just wanted to first ask you overall what your feelings are about seeing, especially over these past two, three months, the rise in, in, in these accusations and, and the rise of these of these really serious crimes that, that are potentially out there by powerful people. 
I want to start by saying that anything that we talk about in this episode, uh, the views that we express or the thoughts that I share are, and the, the experiences that I share are my own, and I can't speak for all women, but uh, I'm going to speak for myself, and, and this is where I'm coming from. I think that it's great seeing all these women come forward. I think that not only come forward, but get a lot of support. I'm seeing a lot of women coming forward and especially on social media, especially on Twitter and other women just immediately supporting that woman or those women, anyone coming forward. And I think that that's, that's great. And I think that that's necessary. And I'm, I'm happy to see that as far as everything that I'm learning that's, that's happening or that's happened in the past or, or recently or in the present, I am just, I can't say I'm surprised, honestly. I, I've uh, been a woman for 27 years and it's not easy and it's difficult to hear and see all those things that are happening, but it's even more difficult to experience them. So it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation, I gotta tell you. Um, and I wish that no one had to go through any of this, but in this world that we live in, and not just women, a lot of people go through uh, sexual harassment and sexual assault, and it's horrible to see and to hear. But I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm glad that we're talking about it. Um, I can't say that this is the first time I've talked about it with somebody, but um, because I'm a woman and I've had to, but I'm glad that more and more people are coming out and speaking out, and more and more people are listening. I think that that's what's what's most important is that it seems like now people are at least listening a little more than they were before. What what were your reactions when you first heard about some of these accusations? Before I say anything, I will get kind of the same uh, disclosure that you did, Yvette, that the views are expressed are of myself, Shred Garanaz, and myself only based on just my experiences. And for me, when I first heard about all these accusations, Obviously, I first felt terrible for the victims and for everything that they have gone through for those that it might have been recently or for those that unfortunately have gone 20 or even 30 years without mm -hmm. saying anything to basically hold something like that in for so many years and, and to finally be able. I'm sure for some of the victims, it was a sense of, OK, like it's it's OK now. Like it's a sense of I don't want to say the word relief, but it's a sense of, OK, it's it's okay to come out and say these things. It's okay. Uh -huh. in, and, and maybe a new, maybe a new chapter in their life begins for them because it is the road to recovery and the road to, and not recovery just physically. I mean, the road to mentally recovery also as well, because it is traumatizing. Not so many that I know by experience, but from what everything that we hear and everything that we've studied and everything we know, it is very traumatizing. Yeah, it is. The one thing that I will say when I first began to hear about the other people that were in this, there were men in power my first thought as somebody who grew up being raised by a single mother, women have always been the most influential figures in my life. Uh -huh. uh, I was angry. I, I was angry just because that this is, this has never been acceptable. It should be now, not, nowadays it should be not even not acceptable anymore. But to me, it's a disappointment that I can't believe this is still happening. I know that sounds like a really ignorant thing to say. That sounds like, oh, well, what world do you live in? Well, it's not all happy things. It's not all good things. But you think you think now that these things would not happen anymore. Yeah, you and, hope that these are the exceptions mm, right. and not the rule. And then you keep hearing about more and more. Yeah. And for me, as somebody who grew up surrounded by strong women, surrounded by women who, who raised me, it made me angry at first. Then, I, then for me, my thoughts also went to against the people who were accused the first thing I thought as, as as a man and I guess 
here amongst the two of us representing yeah. the male side of things, the thought that ran in my mind was, you're not making it any better. You're you're not making it any better. Like the, there have been obviously a lot of these cases in the past of some we've heard about, some we've not heard about. But you thought that now men and nowadays would do everything that they can to change things, to, to, to make things better for women, because it is not that I know about experience, but it is tough. I'm sure it is tough. I've heard a lot of stories as well. And to hear this, especially these men of power that you think would do everything that they could to try to help and to try to 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 help lift women in any any industry, it doesn't matter, to take that power and to use that for your own I don't even know what other what word to use for your own advantage. Yeah. To, to still makes me angry. I mean I'm still angry right now. It's still angry, it's still disappointing. And I know we'll get to this topic later, but I don't know if it's ever gonna change. And that's sad. That and that makes me that makes me worried. Yeah, I'd yeah. agree. It's it's to hear, oh man, just to hear about these things is just, it's, it, yeah, it makes me angry. It makes me angry to, to, to think this is happening to people, to, to know what's happening to people, to remember what's happened in, in my experience. It's just, it's, yeah, I, 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 I know exactly where you're coming from. I'm, I'm angry too. And I feel like even now we're not angry enough. Like as a society, we're not angry enough because it's continuing to happen. And the saddest part is it's not just, People, men, whatever, in power. It's not just people who are in a position to hold something over you. It could be anybody. It could be your neighbor. It could be a stranger. It could be someone that you know and care for, you know? It's, it's, yeah, it makes me angry. That's all I can say. And what I meant by it could be anybody and it doesn't have to be a, p- a person in a position of power. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a little story, uh, a personal experience of mine where I felt completely powerless. And then I'm going to ask you something at the end and just kind of turn the tables. So, uh, when I was living in Chicago, I took a lot of public transportation and I loved public transportation. I still do. I hate the idea of driving. And so public transportation to me was just the best way to go. Now, when you're on public transportation, you do see all kinds of things and you, especially as a woman, you experience all kinds of things. But for the most part, I loved my experience with it. Now, one day I was taking the, I think this was a Sunday, it was a weekend, I know I wasn't working, and I was taking the train back home. I had gone to the store to buy some things, and I was at one of the stops, and it was underground. Some of them are uh, overground, and some of them are under. And I was standing there, and the train was a few minutes away, and this man comes up to me, this man that isn't, you know, you look at him, and he's not an intimidating man. He's not tall, he's not large, he's not, you know, he's just a a man, he's probably my height, and I'm about, I'm 5'2", you know, I'm not that tall, so... This man comes up to me and he asks me for money, I think, and I didn't have any change. And so I just said, sorry, I don't have any money. I don't have any cash. And he just still stood there. And then, you know, he, he just stared at me and he asked me, what's your name? And I, just, I didn't want to be rude, I guess. And I, the train was coming. So I thought, what's the harm? And I just answered. I said, my name's Yvette. And I didn't ask him for his name because I wasn't trying to start a conversation and I wasn't, you know, I wanted to be cordial and polite, but I did not want to be overly friendly. So I just answered my name and I went about my business and he still stood there and he just kept staring at me. And then he said, I love you, Yvette. And it was just so uncomfortable. That moment was just so uncomfortable. But but I thought, okay, the train's coming in the train. 
he, he says something else as the train is pulling up, so I can't hear what he says exactly. So I just kind of smile, like not even a, a big smile, just a very polite smile. And I'm about to get on the train. So I'm like, okay, I'm about to leave this very uncomfortable situation, this platform. I get on the train and the train is uh, pretty much empty, the cart that I'm on. There's a, a man with his son and maybe there's another person in a corner. But I decide to sit near the man and his son because I don't want... I just, you know, I felt uncomfortable. So I sit down right in front of them, like across from them. And there's only um, a, a seat open next to me on the left side because on the right side is like a, this little mini wall where the trains are. So, and if you've ever been on public transportation, you know this unspoken rule about not sitting directly next to somebody if you don't have to. So I'm talking about a pretty much empty train. There are tons of seats. Anyone can sit anywhere. You don't have to sit next to me. And this man follows me on to the train and he sits right next to me on my left side. Again, I am very uncomfortable but I'm trying to remain calm I'm not just going to stand up and move because I in all of this I don't want to be rude and so and then I thought there's this man and his kid in front of me so okay we're good and we're just going to go and I'm you know maybe he's going to get off soon and so he keeps trying to talk to me and he keeps saying I love you Eva and it's just so so uncomfortable and this man in front of me he can I see it in his eyes he can tell that I'm uncomfortable and all of a sudden, this this guy next to me, he kisses me on the shoulder. Like, he just kisses me on my shoulder. And I'm shocked. And I just said, please stop. Like, that was my first reaction. I, I kind of move away and I say, please stop. Still, I'm, I'm here saying please. I'm the polite one over here. But still, I, you know, I, I tell him to stop. And he just sits there and he just stares at me. And it, I'm the type of person who... I like to, to think that I am this strong, independent Latina who, who doesn't need help and doesn't need someone else to say anything for that I can take care of myself. But in that moment, that this like man who's just as tall as I am had taken the, my power, and I don't know how he did it, but that man had taken my power to, to like stand up and move and like slap him or I don't know how and I don't know why, but in all of this, I'm looking at this man in front of me and this man with his son isn't doing anything. He's just... And I don't know why I expected him or somebody else to just like, hey, man, cool it. Or, I, I don't know. Or I don't know why I couldn't do it for myself. And, and I'm still angry to this day. But the train is still going. And I'm just thinking the second this train stops, I'm getting off. And I'm just going to get onto another train. And so my day is is messed up. My routine, my my um my route, whatever, is is messed up because some some man who's not even that scary took that power from me in that moment and 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 I don't get it and I don't know why and I know that this is this is just one example of 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 how how it it doesn't have to be someone in power to 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 harass you to to make you feel uncomfortable and to to make you feel like like you are not yours and the the place that you're in is not yours and and um my question to you after all of this is have you ever witnessed some type of whether it be sexual or harassment, have you ever witnessed something that could be considered harassment or that you maybe thought could be considered harassment? And if you have, how did you react? I, I hate to admit, Yvette, but there's been a few times where I've seen somebody, in my opinion, be very borderline, very on the brink of sexual harassment. Um, I've never seen anything with sexual assault, but there have been a few times where I have seen somebody who I felt was about to cross the line or was just, or was right there. Mm -hmm. Now that line, I understand varies because you could say, well, what is the line? Yeah. I think that's each, that's each person's opinion. Right. That's, that's, that's a very uh, subjective thing. Yeah. So for me, where was the line for me? It might be different than for you, but there were, there was somebody who I worked with without going into details a few years ago at a previous institution that I felt he at times was very borderline 
with the people that we worked with when it came to complimenting them, when it came to kind of being quote unquote nice to them. I felt it was very borderline and I just kept looking at this person. It wasn't to the point in my opinion that I needed to step in because I know I would have stepped in then and I would have said, Hey, Hey, that's what are you, what are you trying, what are you doing here, man? Or what's going on? But I just felt the way his quote unquote sense of humor was the way he kind of just his charisma, if you will, it felt very borderline and it just felt like, and we were administrators. Right. So the, the position of power is not significant. As you said, I agree with you completely. But there was an extra incentive. With right, that you hold you an extra, um, like you hold extra uh, responsibility. Right, and so that always kind of we we knew the responsibility that we had, and how I reacted to it, I always just kept kept tabs on this person, and whenever we had the people that we were that we were working with, if you will, yeah, um, whenever they were around, I always just made sure what he was saying and what was going on. I never felt like it would reach the point that he would actually take action, if you will, in the sense of like something physical. Yeah. I always hoped not. And from what I saw, I never saw anything like that. But I always worried that as going back to that, if you're that borderline, sometimes you think something's a compliment. Sometimes you think it's just kind of funny. Yeah. And, and, and for a lot of men, unfortunately, I'm not trying to apologize, by the way, for our audience. I'm not trying to apologize here. But for a lot of men, either because of stupidity or because they're lacking just common sense, they don't know where their own or the borderline is. And so they'll just cross it and they just think that that's going on, whether it's being flirty, whether it's being or whatnot. That is not, you, you should know what it is. You shouldn't, you, there's a clear difference between a compliment and between. Yeah, I think, I think a, a, a person is very capable of complimenting another and another person is very capable of accepting that compliment without mm-hmm. it crossing a line. Right. And I, and for this person, I worried that he was going to cross that line, that yeah. he did not know well, that difference. And so I was, yeah, right. And so for me, all I, all I kept doing is just kept always a close eye. Did it make me feel uncomfortable? Absolutely. Yeah. It made me feel uncomfortable because I was not going to sit there and allow if anything were to happen, I wasn't going to allow that to happen. Uh-huh. Anything. Like if somebody came and said, hey, this has happened or, hey, I felt feel comfortable after this person kind of said this. Yeah, I would have definitely would have sat down with that person and said, hey, what's going on here? But it, it does make you more aware. Do you feel like you can do something? Yes. But at the same time, you feel like there's a sense of like, for me, at first, I felt like, how do you not see this? Like, how do you not see that what you're doing is wrong? Like, I, that's what I first would question myself was like, how do you not notice that what you're doing is 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 borderline? And then after that, it becomes of, OK, some people are just going to be who they are and it's my responsibility, I felt, to put them in their place if they ever cross that line. That's how, at least how I felt yeah. during that time. Because what else was I going to do? I didn't have any proof. It's not like I could go over there. I just had to, unfortunately, I had to wait until either something happened or you know, at some point I did sit down with this person and I just said, hey, you know, you know how this job is. I, I, I remember telling him, you know, it's, it's about interaction, but at the same time, these, these people trust us and we have a big responsibility. And I don't think a day goes by where we don't think about how important it is to keep that trust with these individuals. Right. And he said all the right things like, Oh yeah, sure. Or whatnot. But sometimes I think that's not the case. Sometimes I think 
we understand our responsibility and then we unfortunately feel like we can just not necessarily just completely take advantage of it, but uh-huh. it's, it's get away with it. Maybe you think that's it. You think because you, because, um, you've gotten away with making a com a compliment that could be considered a little bit of harassment, but you got away with it that, you know, she didn't say anything right now. Sorry. Like, and, and this is, I'm asking right. and I know you don't speak for all men. So right. what, like, no, you're no, I, I, I understand what you're, no, what you're saying. And, <sighs> I hate to say it, but some yeah, some guys just do. They just feel like I'm in a position of power, and I can kind of almost get away. And I don't want to say completely get away, but I have a little bit more leeway when it comes to how I interact with certain people. Now, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying that's an open invitation to any kind of harassment. I'm uh-huh. not saying that at all. But it, it from what it seems like from just that experience that I gave just alone, but also reading some of these other things, whether it's Harvey Weinstein, whether it's Brett Redner or whatnot, it seems, that's the keyword, seems, it seems like that's the case. Yeah. What do you think about this? I don't know. Um, I can say that speaking from, from my experience, sometimes you, and when I say you, I just, I mean me, I guess. Sometimes you don't say anything, you're uncomfortable, and you don't say anything because you think, well, I wasn't physically assaulted and, and you know, I wasn't, you, you think that way. So it's not worth saying something about, I, I know I've, I've had, I've had moments where I have, I've, I have said something, not, not to someone else, but to that person, I've made it clear that those types of comments aren't welcome, but there have been other times where I haven't just because I don't know that it's worth it. And, and I know that's horrible to say. And, 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 and I know that this isn't my fault and this isn't the fault of other women because it shouldn't be an issue. So I don't feel, feel bad because no one knows what it's like until you're in that position. And no one knows what anyone's experience is like until you've experienced something very, very similar. And even then you still don't know how that person felt. So I want to say that it's different, but I know that when I think back and I try to answer that question, I think that yes, that, that it's, that it depends on the situation and that you'd like to think that you're going to draw a line and that's not an invitation, but you don't know until that, that happens. And so you wonder when you, I guess you wonder when and how, and, and for me, like I said, I have drawn the line in the past, but other times I just, I, I've, I've let certain things, certain comments or certain, just certain things slide because I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm unsure. I guess you could say I'm unsure. Uh, I could tell you from another time, uh, event that I was working at another institution. I saw it, I think it was about my second year in college. I saw something that I felt was borderline sexual harassment. And for, and I say borderline because at that moment, I hadn't been necessarily exposed to it that upfront. Mm-hmm. I've heard about it. I've, you see things and you read things on TV and things like that, but I had never seen it to be honest with you. Or maybe I was just too ignorant to, to, to notice it. But by then I didn't really notice it. Until then, in college, when I saw it, I didn't know how to react because I thought about the men who were doing that. I thought, are you not noticing what you're doing? Like, do you just not like see? Like, that's a bad thing? You yeah. Like, do you not see that, that this is, that's pretty, it's pretty bad. You might think this might be, quote unquote, fun, or this might uh-huh. be just a little bit, just a little bit of like, humor. It's, it's all good, uh-huh. blah, 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 or whatnot. It's not. No, no, it's not. Like, it could be. That's that's pretty bad in my book, and and for the for the women, I I saw that they weren't doing anything, but I understood, like in the sense of like, yeah. I guess I shouldn't say I understood completely because I, I can't know until I'm, I'm in a position like that. But I realized, okay, they're probably not going to say anything because 
they probably just think, oh, maybe they're just having fun. I didn't know what to think. I didn't even know what they were thinking. I didn't know what the men were thinking. I was so confused that I didn't say anything. Uh-huh. Now, looking back at it, that was probably a mistake because I probably should have said something and said, hey, we cannot accept this. Yeah. But I was so confused that I didn't know what to do. Then I didn't say anything. From what I noticed, there wasn't anything that actually took place that I know of. Um, and nothing was ever reported. Nothing was ever things like that. But that doesn't mean that it still wasn't uncomfortable for the women because it might have been. Yeah. It just never was asked. Uh, you know, Yvette, I don't know if you saw. I'm sure you saw there was an article on uh, the Associated Press the other day on why fewer women of color uh, have been yeah. uh, less in the, I guess, as far as accusing coming out accusing Among the, uh, yeah, yeah yeah there's been less and there's uh there's a quote here by uh i think her name is Ta- tanara burke tanara burke. Uh, tanara burke a black activist who said the stakes are higher in a lot of these instances for women of color uh, than they are for a lot of other women what what is your take on uh, on that because i didn't notice it until seeing this i never really i didn't think about it that most of the accusers in these high profile quote unquote sexual assault cases have been White women. Yeah, so I I think it's very true. The stakes are higher, and um, the article even mentions that. Uh, I'm going to focus on the, the Hispanic aspect of this all. And they, it says that women of Latin American descent have been stereotyped as being submissive or sexually available, and that's according to Monica Russell y Rodriguez. Uh, she's a Northwestern University ethnographer uh, whose research includes sexuality, race, and class in Latino communities. Now she said that undocumented immigrants in the U.S. would be even less likely to report an assault or harassment because they fear anything thing from job loss to blackmail to deportation. I think especially deportation and all this. And I think that that's absolutely true. Some of the women that I've talked to, you just kind of, it, it's this unspoken thing, you know, just kind of like, don't, don't stir up trouble. Don't say anything. Just, you know, obviously unless it gets completely physical, but it's almost, it's almost sad that sometimes, yeah, as an immigrant woman, you, you kind of have to, 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 I guess, suck it up in, in a term because you don't want to be deported. And so you think, or, or it's, it's even said in, in, like, entre comunidades that it's better here than it is, like, would you rather be sent back to, you know, you, your country of origin and, and face the type of harassment there? No, mejor esto, you know? And that's, that's just so sad and it's horrible. Yes. And, and I hate that. I really do. You know, one thing I, uh, I can tell you, I brought this subject up to somebody very close to me the other day and just out of the blue, they told me, that they were also as well, that they have been, that they were harassed many years ago at work. Yeah. And it just, it caught me off guard because it just, you you think it's, oh, it happens to other people. It doesn't happen to somebody you know. necessarily close to you. But when it does, it's just, it makes, well, it, made, it first made me feel angry. But then I did ask, well, what, what's, what, what happened? What ended up happening? And this person just said, what was I going to do? What was I going to do? I, 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 I was working and this person was my supervisor and I, I, we were in tough times. I needed to keep the job and it's, and that's, and that goes for so many, for, yeah. in so many cases. And, and some people might say, and this is where the counter argument comes in, which I disagree with. Some people will say, well, why didn't you just go the timing of it? There's been people recently that have said, well, why the timing so many years later? Why the timing this? Why now? That kind why of question it. That and kind of think question it's suspicious? it. Yeah. I, for me, I don't care if it yeah. was 50 years ago yeah. or five hours ago. That doesn't ago. mean it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. And you should never discredit, never yeah. victim blame. I think a lot of people, and, and sometimes people don't know that they're victim blaming and, and maybe we're guilty of it too. It's, it's something that people really need to understand that you don't know what someone has gone through or is going through. So don't, 
act like you do. Right. Exactly. And and it shouldn't matter. But I'm even trying to understand why does it matter? Why? Why does yeah. it matter? Like like it makes any difference yeah. that it happened 30 years ago? Oh yeah. well, that shouldn't matter. That's water on the bridge. That's not yeah. water on the bridge. Yeah, not for That's, that person no, that it happened to. No. No. You're always gonna remember it. Yeah. And and I think and maybe maybe it's a society thing. Maybe sometimes we just we tend to do this just to kind of. I don't know. Do we make it feel like it's we're making it better? That oh, well, it's more acceptable because oh, it happened so many years ago, and so or whatnot. I, I think back to even when uh, the Bill Cosby accusations what was it two years ago or a year ago mm-hmm. with everything, there were some people and even some people in the media that were saying, "Well, why is this person coming out? You know, twenty-seven years later or what? This later accusing Mr. Cosby or whatnot." That doesn't matter. That's well. That's matter. that yeah, doesn't right. matter. That's my yeah. opinion. Maybe that, you know? that was the right time for them. You <laughs> yeah. know, you don't know, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't act like you do because yeah. you don't until you're in that position. And now with there's obviously more media. There's obviously social media things mm-hmm. like that. Maybe I'm not trying to speak for it, but maybe now some women feel like, hey, I have now a greater platform that I can go and 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 not just declare that what this person did, but also how do we stop people like this. From from continuing on because we feel like oh okay this is something that at some point we feel it might go away or or, or some men or some women as well because one thing that we should acknowledge as well at least at some point mm-hmm. is that some women do also harass yeah you're absolutely har- right har- it's not, men as it's well it's not based on just one right. gender alone we feel like at some point okay this is people will would have learned or people realize that this is not acceptable behavior um, it's not we're it's it's still not people are still. Doing, doing this unfortunately yeah. and i am all for anybody for at any time to come out and speak up against these people because these people not only do they need to go if they need to go through some judicial process mm-hmm. against them they should go against that but these women they need to they need to have this and i'm not even going to say closure because i don't know if it's ever going to be really closure after an experience like that but mm-hmm. i don't think it's ever necessarily you close the chapter no. on that but Maybe you help teach other people. Yeah. And maybe you help other women gain more strength and say, we're here to support you. Yeah, you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and recently, the you probably saw the hashtag Me Too movement where a lot of people were sharing their experiences and saying Me Too or just simply saying Me Too, meaning I know what you feel like or I've been there too. It's happened to me too. And, and it was uh, getting a lot of attention. Now, it was recently resurrected, I should say. It was not. It didn't, it didn't just happen. Uh, Tarana Berg, who is a woman of color and an activist, she was the one who founded the Me Too, the hashtag Me Too movement on Twitter in 2006. To raise awareness around sexual violence. And so it was recently resurrected by, uh, I want to say it was Alyssa Milano, I think she was the one. I think, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was her. On Twitter. And then, yeah, you did, you saw this, all these tweets and, and you saw all these people sharing their stories. And sometimes some of them were horrible to hear or read, I should say. Some of them were very relatable and, and you know, they've happened to me too or to a lot of women and, and men, I'm sure. Um, there was one in particular that stood out. I, I, I'm, I don't have it with me right now, but it was somebody who said just because somebody isn't sharing their story, their hashtag me too story doesn't mean that it ha- nothing's happened to them. Remember that 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 means it's it's that person's story alone. And if they don't, they don't have to share it if they don't want to. And so when you think about all the people that did share and then all the people who didn't share because they were no, under no obligation to share. But you think of all those numbers and you just think that that. That's that's unacceptable. And I it makes me wonder when we're going to get to a point, if we're ever going to get to a point where it really is unacceptable. As a man, I, I, I do hope that at some day that a change will be made 
do I expect it anytime soon? Unfortunately, probably not. And that's really probably morbid to say, but going back to what, what I said earlier, you'd think that even now in 2017, you'd think nowadays that men would, would have been taught this by, by, by their parents or by their father or by whoever it was, whoever it was that, that helped them grow up or, or even mm-hmm. by themselves or they realized mm-hmm. that this was by their that, surroundings. By, yeah, that this is not acceptable behavior. But unfortunately, due to a lot of things and some things might be the position of power that we talked about earlier, the, the trust factor that unfortunately some men take advantage of. Many other factors, it, it, they take advantage of it and, and it's almost a sense of, well, I don't want to say that they can kind of get away with it, but they feel like it is acceptable and, and, and it's wrong. And one thing that I do hope to see that doesn't happen anymore is even something like we see in the street. Sometimes we'll see men holler, flirt, whatever you want to call uh, it. Yes. Cat calls. Street harassment. Yeah. We see things like that. Like we think that, oh, well, that's just kind of that happens in every city and every place or whatnot. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's acceptable. Yeah, and and as someone who lived in a, a big city, uh, that was I had a had a lot of experience with street harassment, and it's in some places you think it's it's like it's part of the culture, it's part part of la cultura. It's just you know people sitting like groups of people outside, you know, and and, and people walking by and things being said, and and it sounds like. In, yeah, in some places it is. It's part of the culture, but like you said, it doesn't mean it's acceptable because you don't know that a person is walking down a street and sees a group of people and says, "Man, I don't want to go. I don't want to walk. I, I, today is not the day. I don't want to do it. How do I go around?" With like, you're changing that person. That person is changing their day. That person has been me. <laughs> that person is changing their day and their their routine because they are trying to avoid. The harassment, the harassment that is everywhere. And it's, you know, sometimes it could be a, just a simple compliment. Sometimes it, it's, it's an actual compliment. Sometimes it's downright offensive. And, and you can be one of those people that answers back. I, I have been one of those people that answers back, but you also don't know how that group is going to react. So it may, they may just laugh and they may be like, oh, okay, well, we're not going to say anything anymore. Or they may start following you. That's happened too. They start following you and then you question whether or not you should ever say something again. So so you're changing your whole life. And it's so frustrating. Actually, um, this is something that I'm really passionate about, obviously, because uh, I heard about this movement a while back. It's The movement is called Stop Telling Women to Smile. And uh, so, yeah, if you've ever seen me wearing a T-shirt that says Stop Telling Women to Smile, this is where it's coming from. So the movement was started by Tatiana Fazlalizada. I hope I said that right. Uh, she's an artist, and she started the movement after she got fed up with her own street harassment. So basically what she does is she takes, uh, she sketches uh, portraits of women and she blows them up and she puts them up all over the city so it's just a portrait of a woman and it says it says something so simple as stop telling women to smile or I am not your property or I am more than my body and uh, there's even uh, phrases in Spanish you know like yo no soy tu mamacita like things like that and it's basically these women are speaking out against all these people who are harassing them on the streets who are making their day their commute, whatever, difficult. And it's, it's, it's such a great movement. And she goes to all these, uh, big cities and, and puts these posters up. And it's so great to see because, uh, I, I saw a documentary a while back and it, uh, featured this movement and it was, uh, based in Mexico City. And it was a short documentary, but some of the things that people say there in Mexico City, I know they're my people, but some of these things are horrible. And you do not want anyone saying this to your mother, your sister, your daughter. And it, 
I can't believe anybody would actually say these things on the street to people. And so it, it starts with stop telling women to smile because that's something a lot of women are told. And you, you may think that it's not harassment. You may think it's you trying to be nice, like, hey, sweetie, smile. No. Why should women have to smile walking down the street? No one says that to men. Hey, sir, why don't you give me a smile? Nobody says that. So why are women exposed to this? Why do we have to put up with this? So think about that. The next time you have, you feel it in you to tell a woman to smile because she's under no obligation to do that. Obviously, I'm really <laughs> passionate about this, so I'm, I could go on forever, but I won't. I want to ask you, Shual, just kind of changing gears a little bit. What do you think about these big corporations or these companies and like, like Netflix or Fox or TBS canceling production of certain shows or movies because of the allegations and the people involved? And, and what do you think? What kind of message do you think that that is sending to the public? One of the first people that was punished, I guess you could say really for a lot of his uh, alleged uh, accusations was Harvey Weinstein, obviously. Yeah. So he got kicked out of the academy. For me, I stand up and I clap for them to an extent. And I say uh-huh. why to an extent because always in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, are they doing this just to save face? Yeah, I hate to be a, a cynic like that. No, sometimes but you have that's to be. How, yeah, but that's how I think. Like, am I happy to see that? Yeah. Yeah, I am happy to see Harvey Weinstein as far as overall. He'll be fine in the sense of like, if he's kicked out of the academy, he's not... He's not broke. He's not going to mm-hmm. be like, you know, now he could go to jail. And if he is found guilty, he's, he deserves every day yeah. that he has spent there, that mm-hmm. he serves his time. But for me, I have little sympathy for any of these people that are accused and that are eventually found guilty. Now, is there a due process? Of course, there is a due process. But at the same time, I understand why some companies are just saying, OK, for example, with Kevin Spacey, Netflix completely just saying goodbye yeah. to House of Cards and and to all of his productions. We'll see with some of these, uh, Brent Ratner as well, we'll see if his productions are, are stopped and things like that. For me, yes, I do stand up and I think it is, it's it's sending a message to, to not just the men in this, in this industry, whether it's entertainment or whether it's politics or things like that. I think it's a message also to every man in general and with any position, it's like, okay. Yeah, there are consequences. There, there are consequences and it's not just the legal ones, yeah. which is, it's are severe, yeah. but there are also other consequences. Right. And this is an example of what we can do. We can cut, not just losing your job or whatnot. We completely change the direction of, of, of your career, which is small potatoes compared to what the legal yeah. system could do, yeah. but it's something. But in all honesty with you, Yvette, I still, in the back of my mind, I'm not sure if some of these companies are doing this to save face. Yeah. I, I just can't. Sadly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we should probably start wrapping up. So I want to leave with this. I want to leave you with this question and thought, I guess you could think about it. But but right now, Shual, as a man, is there something that you think that you can do, like you personally, like your granito de arena, your grain of salt, that you can do to put a slow end to this or or what do you think whether it's teaching the next generation or or whether it's seeing something and saying something or seeing something and doing something just what do you think you Shoa Cardenas can do you know that that's a that's a really good question the only thing that I will continue doing it's not just the only thing I'm going to continue to always do I should say I'm going to continue to be a strong advocate for gender rights as somebody, as I mentioned earlier, who was raised by mostly women, the most influential person in my life has been my mother. The 
people that I've worked with, most of those people have been women. My mentors at my alma mater have been women. Everything mm-hmm. has been women. And growing up, somebody who uh, I unfortunately and my brother as well saw domestic violence at home. Mm-hmm. I'm always, it's just in me already, I guess, that I'm always going to defend women's rights. I'm always going to be, it's just, this is me. That's just not going to be taken away. There's nothing that's, that can, that can change that about me. And for me, what I can do, I'm just going to continue doing what my mother has taught me, what everybody else has taught me, but in particular my mother, that you continue treating everybody, women and men, with respect. You have to stand up if you see somebody else doing something wrong. And even though, for example, for those like that time in college, I didn't know I should stand up. Mm-hmm. I realize now that that is not acceptable. And to stand up and say something, even if you're confused, even if you're confused, it's better off to try to take a stand and to at least your intention of doing right instead of just potentially allowing something bad to, to continue on or whatnot. To yeah. just, and as as a man, do I feel like things will change? I hope so. For the near future, I'm I'm not really sure. This is obviously very, this is a very tough subject. But as a man, I, I feel like if we continue to teach our children, we continue to teach uh, our young children about respect. And I know that's a very canned answer. I know that sounds really cheesy, but that's all that I can do for now. I, I can tell you one thing that, Lord willing, if I do have children, I'm going to teach them the same things, the same values that my mother taught me. And from my experiences and the importance of being what a real man, quote unquote, is. Because I think that especially sometimes in different cultures, there's a little bit of, I'll say a little bit of confusion of what a real man is. (laughs) And that's all I'll say. There's a little bit of, quote unquote, confusion of what a real man should be. But that's what I can say I'll do. What do you, what are, what are your thoughts, Eva, as we wrap up this very very tough subject? Honestly, yes, I think that that those are those are good uh, efforts, and I hope that that you'll continue to do those, and I hope other people will too. And and not like I said, not just like I said before, I should say, not it. This doesn't just happen to women; it does also happen to men. So I think that we as women should be aware of that. We as a complete society should be aware of that and not discard certain allegations or certain people's beliefs or certain people's attitude towards something. We should remember that, that this can happen to anybody. So I I encourage you to to do everything you said you would do, Shaw. Thank you, Shaw. Thank you for recognizing everything that, that you have said today. Um, and thank you for having this conversation today. No, I think no, thank, sometimes... <laughs> no, thank, no, thank you as well. I, I this is this was very tough obviously. We I think I came in with uh, an idea of what I wanted yeah, to say. Same here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I just the, yeah, kind then, of went out the, the window. The game plan went out because I know I, I saw in, in in your case as well and I, and I think with with mine as well, especially with my introduction, um it gets it, it is tough. It, yeah. Sometimes you get emotions. Yeah. You know, you get emotions. For me it was anger at first. Yeah. You know, here and, too. and and um but I think it's important to have these conversations. And I think sometimes Absolutely. maybe even this is what will spark a little bit of change in people and then maybe a whole community and then maybe hear me being, you know, hopeful and an optimist. But I mean, sort of a realist as well, because I know this isn't going to happen overnight. But something simple as this, having a conversation and hearing from somebody else, hearing their experiences or hearing their thoughts may change the way you see things and understand things. And maybe you'll realize that 
some of your actions or whoever's are wrong or not completely accepted. So maybe that'll spark a little bit of change. That's all I can hope. And and I'm, I'm like I said, I'm really happy that we were able to have this conversation. I hope we can continue having these type of conversations with each other and with other people. And Absol- hopefully other people have them too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks so much for joining us. Make sure to follow us on social media. I'm at Shuad Garanas. And I'm at Evie Cruz. And we're at Castle Cafecito. Remember to download us on Apple Podcasts and as well on Android via Stitcher and TuneIn.